0: Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the awesome latest episode of Paranormal Activities with your host Ben Axe. In just a few minutes, I have the excellent, amazing author of Redbird, uh, Mrs. B. A. Crisp, here joining me. I'm very excited to talk to her and hear about her childhood experiences, her current experiences, and about uh, the the book that she wrote and the book that she is writing, and all of her. Awesome amazing stuff so that's coming up in just a few minutes but before that I gotta do the plugs again guys thank you so much for checking out the show uh, I appreciate all of you man we are available now on Pandora Amazon music Apple music all everything dot com pretty much everywhere <laughs> and uh, you know with that it is finally October this is the first episode in October and that makes me very happy. And with that, we are pretty much going all out. Paranormal Activities here, we are going all out as uh, the next episode. As a matter of fact, this is the only audio episode of October. The next three uh, weekly episodes, I have my guests lined up for each episode already. And all three of those episodes are going to be live on alleverythingentertainment.com. And that makes me uh, excited. I like being live. It's a good time. I already do I do live twice a week now with the RSH Wrestling Podcast every Thursday night at 6 p.m., and then I go live with my wife every Friday night at 8 p.m. on Marital Nonsense, all of which is available on com, And uh, so I'm pretty excited to be doing this one live for the next few weeks in October. Because one... It's October. you got to go all out, right? And so not only am I doing the next three episodes live on AE, Danae and I are also going to be doing a live special episode inside a haunted bed and breakfast here in Ohio. Um, We have the date picked out. It's going to be, if I can remember here, October. So live Friday, October 23rd. We'll be taking a break from marital nonsense to go live with paranormal activities inside a haunted bed and breakfast. So be on the lookout for that. I'm very, very excited. It's going to be a hell of a good time. Hopefully we'll get some ghosties. Who knows? Who knows what we'll find? Who knows what we'll see? But either way, it's going to be a, a good time. And uh, I know I've been talking about this for a few months now, it seems like, but my uh, paranormal podcast or my paranormal investigation of St. Mary's, Ohio is not over. Uh, we have a few more things to do. I'm hoping, hoping to have that done by the end of the month. But it's already a huge busy month, so I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. But that being said, that is all of the intro needed to do for that. So uh, before I bring BA Crisp on, I have to do my real quick, my Paranormal acts Activity of the Week. So I only have, only have one. Uh, my house has actually been pretty quiet. On on Facebook earlier, like a paranormal group I'm in, they were talking about how you know it's been more active here in October. I've been hearing hearing that in a few different things, actually. Uh, but I've actually been quieter. I think like whatever was going on in my house is just has quieted down quite a bit, and so my activity of the week now actually took place at work, which would be the second time, at least the second time that I've had an activity happen there. Um, you guys heard my first one for you for you uh, first time listeners. As you know, I've I learned from a previous guest, uh, Neil. Um, he always said, you know. Each episode is somebody's first episode, so that being said, for those of you who don't listen, I do an activity of the week where I I have, you know, activities, or paranormal activities happen so often that I can do one weekly. Usually it's at home, but this one was at work, and uh, it's not crazy, I mean, it was weird actually, it was super weird. So I'm walking down a hallway, kind of behind the building, and uh, I'm going towards a door, I'm just going down the hallway, and... I'm going towards the door. I'm not going to go in that door, but it's happened to be passing it. And as I approach the hallway by the door, the door just randomly opens by itself. Like it opens up real slow, like and then closes. Boom, you know, and it's a big, heavy fire door. Like it's the kind of door that won't just open with wind or whatever. It's heavy. It's a fire door that's not meant to open, you know, unless you're physically pushing it, It's latched and everything. And I thought that was weird. So it opened up. I uh, was like, huh. You know, it opened and then it closed. So after it closed, I went over to it and opened it to see if somebody, you know, was messing with me or just opened it and then closed it because they forgot something or, you know, whatever the case may be. But there was nobody there. And, uh, you know, I even messed with it for a few minutes after that to see if I could get the door to, like, open. I don't even know what I was trying to do, but every time I opened it. It latched shut, so there's no way that it was just open. And then, like, maybe the wind pushed it or whatever. Nope, I have no idea. I'm not saying it was a ghost because doors open and close all the time, I guess. But just, it was heavy. I was by myself, and I don't understand how it could open the way it opened and closed. Because it wasn't, it didn't just, like, you know, flip open. Let's say it was windy, which, you know, we're inside a building. But let's say it was windy somehow. There's a wind open door somewhere else or an open window that caused, like, a suction. Let's say that was the case. It's a heavy door, and I don't. And then it just opened like halfway, and then closed like right in front of me. And the odds of that even happening when I'm there—I didn't open anywhere. I, ca- I just came down a hallway, you know. Like I don't know. It was super weird. And uh, that's my activity of the week. I know that wasn't as exciting as previous ones have been, but a door opened and closed by itself. So I don't know what to tell you. But that being said, that's enough of my nonsense. So the author of Redbird, available on Amazon.com. And be sure to follow uh, B.A. Crisp on all of the social media platforms. uh, Facebook at B.A. Crisp Author, Twitter at B.A. Crisp Writes. And you can also follow B.A. on her website at www.bacrisp.com. But with all that aside, let's have you guys go ahead and meet uh, B.A. Crisp. So, Mrs. B.A. Crisp, how are you doing today, ma'am?
1: I'm doing really well. Please, just call me B.A. <laughs> no, no, ma'am.
0: Fair enough. All right. So, B.A., I, I appreciate you being on the show. It's an honor to meet you, and thank you so much for taking the time and hanging out with me today.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm <laughs> excited. And, uh, awesome. We'll
0: have a lot to talk about, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. But first, let's talk about you. I know you're an author. You have a book called uh, Red Bird, available on Amazon. Is that correct?
1: I do. I do. And I don't know if everyone will see it, but there it is. Awesome, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we are almost ready with uh, book two. They're telling me we're trying to settle on titles and covers. Uh, but this is Redbird is the part of a part of a sequel or a series actually, and um, it's loosely based on my life growing up in Ohio. Um, it's a fictionalized uh, paranormal sci-fi sort of story, um, and it's. The second book kind of continues on with our protagonist, uh, Samantha Ryan Blake. So we're pretty excited.
0: Awesome. Well, that's that's awesome. I can't wait to check it out. It sounds pretty cool. And you mentioned growing up in Ohio. One of the things I thought was really interesting when we first started talking was you mentioned that my phone number was 419. And it turns out Mm -hmm. we actually have like some things in common when it comes to Ohio. I was born and raised here and and you were as well in the same area code, actually.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So I was actually born in... Sadusky, Ohio, um, and I spent my early childhood at the ward of the court and foster child. Um, and when I was a young lady, I was probably eight or nine years old uh, when we was moved to a remote farm out in the middle of NASA, um, very close to NASA Plumbrook Station. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So there were some crazy uh, things that went on um, that we witnessed saw that I saw, I spent a lot of time, I was really an outdoorsy kid, and I spent a lot of time outside, roaming through the woods, swimming in the river, the here and over, um, going up to the lake, tracing around, um, and saw some really strange, you know, kind of cool things, sometimes some unknown things that will haunt me to this day, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Uh, I, I know the lake out there is really nice. I go to Lake Erie probably once a, a year still. And I really like it out there. So let's talk about some of your early stories. So I know you've said that you've been experiencing you've seen all kinds of things from like potentially UFOs to paranormal spirits to even Bigfoot, I heard. So let's talk about some of those. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about some of those stories. So like if you can remember <laughs> anyway, what do you like remember about, you know, early on with the paranormal stuff? Like What did you first see first hear that kind of stuff?
1: Well, I think the wildest thing that happened, so, you know, I didn't never, I never as a kid really up until we moved to this farm experienced anything out of the ordinary. So uh, when we arrived at the farm, there were a couple of things, incidents that took place. One of those incidents, I was out at a jungle gym. I was probably 12 years old and I was with my brother and I was with two other people. And we were trying to do a stance, so we were trying to do something called two finger pickup. And I don't know if you—it's where you levitate somebody off the ground. Oh, and it was. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yep. So, so um, I'm watching everyone to make sure their eyes closed because I was a little boxy. And um, I look. So our farm was a there's a road and it kind of went uphill. And on the top of the road saw uh, somebody coming over the hill. And I thought, okay, well, it was nighttime. It was nighttime. It was a July summer night. I do like that. And somebody is coming up kind of toward us, bipedaling toward us. And I kept looking, kept looking, because what I found very unusual was that they were white from head to toe. Oh. Very tall. So I thought, I didn't understand what that is. That Person, but why are they in a space? Why are they? What are they wearing? And we used to have um, military apps out there periodically. We never knew what they were about. But somebody made the comment, oh, you know, maybe it's a guy in a ghillie suit. And, and it was not a guy in a ghillie suit. So <laughs> we um, is it, is it approached the border of our property uh, where there was a tree and a field in our yard, and the road there was a big street. There was also a street light, the, like the only street light. and, and this thing got through the street light. And I, I mean, instantaneously, when I hit that light, I was like, this thing's not human. This is <laughs> wow. not human. So I, I pointed my finger and I said, Oh my God, what's that? And this thing turned its torso and it galloped on all fours away into the woods. So we we made a beeline for the door. Um, we were fighting the screen door because we were so scared, and and it turns out that later, and everyone said, well, oh, you know, I remember my dad at the time, who turned out not to be my dad at all." I oh, wow. mean, um, And that's a story. So he said, "Oh, they're crazy," and blah blah. So years later, when I was in my twenties, I went back and I started doing research in the local library, and I. I have another friend. His name is Steven. He's in Monroeville, Ohio. Oh. And he remembered an incident of his mom where she claimed one night that and she had a baby and he, and she claimed one night that there was something white, a white furry creature trying to looking in the windows. And they lived probably two miles from us, so maybe less. and and she claimed it was trying to get in the windows. Well, when her husband came home from work, he worked right to the factory. He said, Oh, woman, you're crazy. <laughs> when she died many years later, and um one of the sons inherited the home, whatever, but behind the mantle, they had a railroad tie mantle on their fireplace. And wedged behind the mantle was a letter that she had written that if anything happened to her, there was a white creature outside. So that was a little bit yeah, Damn. yeah. So I had a little bit of validation <laughs> there. Um, it, yeah, it was
0: just crazy. Absolutely, uh, that that sounds pretty crazy. Like, I've never personally seen anything like that. Just this, you know, your typical paranormal stuff. But I've gone like in the woods looking for things like that, especially in, like hawking hills and stuff. And I have to mm-hmm. imagine seeing him get down on all fours. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> and definitely- how? Oh,
1: yeah way but you know it was more startled because it sort of jumped back like it didn't expect anybody to be outside at night that late you know especially kids I guess and it when it ran into the woods it just I mean it went so fast this cornfield there was no way that this was human and I also remember and I have to preface this and I'm very open about it so my my brother would say please don't tell me (laughs) <laughs> don't tell anyone because our mother was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And it was, you'll be crazy you'll be labeled. So I spent, so I did, I let it go for years, I let it go for years. And I spent years just trying to, um, you know, better my life. I mean, it. Kind of tough as a foster kid, and and I went through a lot of experiences. But I finally did manage to graduate from George Washington University with a master's, and I was a Coval Victorian. And I when I, I attended Oxford at Exeter College program, and uh, the London School of journalism. So I wanted that little bit of credibility. Absolutely, you know, I build that credibility before I revisited um, the things that happened to to me. so
0: that's actually a really good idea too it is it is always good to to be validated like my wife has a lot of experiences and sometimes she feels the same way like she can't talk about it because people are calling her out and this is like you mentioned with with the the tall white thing (laughs) um you know it was validated by somebody else so it's always good to. it just feels good to be validated i think you know (laughs) yeah
1: Well, and it was funny, too, because, you know, the next day I remember the military trucks going by and I remember locking eyes with the soldier and they were all in the back of the truck. And I'm like, are they looking for that thing? What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. And we've had experiences uh, over Lake Erie with strange lights that come up over the lake and nobody knows what they are. Um, You know, I had an experience, um, 16, same house on the farm. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw a blue being. It was a figure of a blue being person in my doorway. And I re- I wasn't scared at all. In fact, I felt an overwhelming sense of love and peace. And I remember looking at this thing and I was so not scared. And I thought, I'm, I'm trying to close my eyes. And I said, Mom, because I thought it was my stepmom. And then I said, Ken, who is my brother. And it wasn't. Either them, there was no answer. And I just got out of bed, walked to the door, put my hand through, and I looked across the hall to my brother's room and I said, Oh, it, there's a light out there. There's a light just coming through the door. Well, when I went back to bed, I looked back in the doorway and I got the chills because I realized somebody had been standing there and it wasn't human. Right. And, and you know, spirit. yeah. Yeah. So I try to look at these sorts of things. I, I like looking for scientific explanations. Right. Um, you know, I really think, you know, we don't know what our industrial military intelligence complex is working on. Absolutely. So, so maybe, you know, we were involuntary, non informed guinea pigs for I can do Um, You know, how. React. Maybe it was a scythe. Maybe it was, uh, you know, maybe they were spraying the plants with something. Maybe, who knows? It is to see what sort of effect it had. I mean, it could be any number of things. I bet that's, um, that's
0: absolutely right. And I live near wright Pat Air Force Base now. And so, you know, that being uh, said, anything that I see in the sky that that's weird, my thought process is probably not a UFO. It's probably military something, <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. so, it's good to look at that kind of stuff first, because, you know, I obviously believe in ghosts and I believe in UFOs, but if you just say everything is a ghost or a UFO, then you kind of lose credibility. You have to look at all the scientific evidence first. Otherwise you don't really believe in anything because you believe everything is different. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and you know, and the experiences go on. So as I, as I grew up and, and I went into uh, private sector work, so we have a consulting firm in DC and we, we've worked with, Science and Technology Director at Homeland Security. We were people who used to work with DARPA, um, and 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 I remember I the outreach for that. It was, I asked the guy I said, "How did you find me for this pro- this one project we were working?" On? And I said, "How did you find me?" And he said, "Well, I just had someone run you down." And and I, and I thought that was a little <laughs> bit peculiar. That I is. never really got a straight answer for that. And then I found myself. Um, in upstate New York, at the missile silo, which was, um, and I spent the weekend there doing some work, and I, it was, and I remember sitting back. And I I've always felt like there's just been this draw or something that sort of happens where I find myself surrounded by <laughs> types of people and these things, and and I worked with federal agents on anti-human trafficking initiatives. Oh wow i I find out that you know it's it's it it sort of permeates you know my life and it and it, and it's been a fascinating ride so far and um I thought, why not fictionalize it? Why not take some of the things that happen and put the fictional spin on it and um it's been cathartic it's been cathartic to do that.
0: Well, that's excellent, and that's the way to go. You know, most stories. You know, they always say, and I believe it. Nonfiction is always better than fiction. So, when you take the real life parts of it and put it in a story, that's going to be a fantastic, amazing story.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, and and that's what Samantha does in the book. You know, she she was she was uh, she starts out in book one as a rebellious teenager, she's the ward of the court, and he's taken to a remote farm as a foster kid. And there are other kids there, and they don't realize it, but they're going through training, and not to be assassins or anything, like that, but to do clandestine type or covert work. Is, is whether it's CIA case officers or in area or some other area of the government, um, and it's and it's pretty, and, and no one really has superpowers. But what what Samantha discovers is her blood is a little different, and. She's a hybrid. I don't really, you know, I, I leave it to the reader to decide what that means. It's, was it an epigenetic experiment? Is she extraterrestrial? Actually? What is you know, going on with her? So she doesn't know. And it starts out in the early 80s. Get back. Oh, nice. um, yeah, so it begins in 1984. Um, and there's a lot of nostalgic to things in the 80s book two takes place between 91 and 92 and then we're going to move through time gotcha.
0: and, uh, that's awesome i'll check that out for sure that sounds pretty pretty awesome i bet cool. my wife would like that as well she's really big she's into books and she reads a lot and she writes herself it'd be fantastic um mm-hmm. so going back i'm still kind of focused on that for some reason <laughs> the uh, the tall white thing you saw so what what is your gut instinct what does that tell what do you think that was? Was it alien in your opinion? Was it like a monster kind of thing? Like what do you think that could have been what your gut says?
1: I don't know. So my gut says that maybe we're playing with stuff in a lab. Oh yeah. At that now na- <laughs> at that NASA station that we are never going to know about. Now they said we did propulsion systems and they were working with cryogenics uh, because space is cold and they wanted to see how certain um, uh, gases and things worked in in space. Uh, and they were trying to build a nuclear, I think a, a nuclear uh, plane at one point. And, then they, they, and they decommissioned that entire thing back in 1970-74. Oh, wow. um, they also eminent-domained all that. So they picked about 40 families off of property, and, they, and it had been in their, their their families for generations, and they fenced the whole thing. So um, there was another company, and this is common knowledge, uh, uh, named Sierra Lobo, uh and they poured millions into it. But when I dig deeper, it's still kind of gone. Oh, wow. so, it's, so I have to wonder, what is going on there now? have no need to know. I have no clearance, nor will I be given it, <laughs> nor will you. Right.
0: Absolutely.
1: anyone who's <laughs> listening. But I would like to know how the tax money is being spent. Um, and so going back, circling all the way back to your question, I don't know. And my hope is that they are not doing some sort of cloning gone wrong, um, because I think about the ethical implications creating a sentient creature who cannot go out in the open and how sad that would be
0: right so. that would be very sad it actually i don't know if you ever watched the show stranger things or not but it kind of reminds me of of that scenario mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're doing yeah some and i had
1: written the book prior to stranger things and when stranger things came out i was like Oh wow! <laughs> so, but it's 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 not the same. It's different. Right. So it's but um um it's it's just been a wild wild ride because we would have things happen on the farm like things would get moved, um, it, and I remember there was a book I, I uh, Skywalker um uh Skywalker book uh, or Skinwalker the Skinwalker book and it was out in Utah. It was a ranch out in Utah. Gotcha, um, and we had we had some of the same things that would happen on this farm. Things would be missing. Lights would go on and off um, kind of poltergeist type activity. Um, and, and from a, you know, again, if I look at it, try to look at it from a scientific perspective, like, all right, well, everything comes down to frequency, vibration and energy. Right. So if that's the case, then maybe it is possible, you know, maybe there are, and I don't even like to call them gifts. I think it's just some sort of memory that we have lost on how to do certain things. And when we're under stress, because I was under, you know, stress as a kid and, and when you're under stress, maybe, you know, things can happen, you know, maybe, you know, like, and I think about Yuri Geller and running spoons and all that, but, um, we had that. We had that kind of weird activity going on there, um, and and I think what's interesting about NASA Plum Brook too is that it, it is a I think one of the lowest electrical fields around, um, and they don't have a lot of volcanic. You know, there's not stock activity in that that area, yeah. and in fact, the, most of the people that live in that area have to take iodine. They don't get enough. They don't get enough out of from the food they grow. So, so,
0: so why would why would the magnetic field matter in a scenario like that? Like, what would be the purpose of going?
1: Oh, sorry, I think it would protect a nuclear warhead. You know, you don't want to. But, but then you got the potential for some earthquakes now because of fracking. They've actually had earthquakes up oh, there. So, so I think that if you have that lower. Uh, for magnetic field, and I think that's right. I could be wrong on that. Maybe higher now, I can't remember. I thought
0: it was lower. <laughs> yeah, I can't um, even tell you. I have no idea <laughs> about magnetic fields. So maybe
1: messing that up. And somebody, I'm sure, well, one of your listeners can can school me. That's fine. Well, yeah, they, so. they they
0: do that. They'll come at me sometimes too. I'll say something like I wasn't being literal, but you know. <laughs> but uh, cool. So uh, so so it sounds like a lot of your stories come from a, like a rural, secluded like farm area which I find pretty interesting. Um, you know, there's nothing out there. What's going on to to cause all of this stuff in a rural community. Um, so do you think it's all like all government related or paranormal related or like, what do you think is actually going on there?
1: Well, I, you know, maybe a little bit of both and who knows why the fence was put up. So one of the really interesting things about that area is that if you look up old 1800. Of course, we have a lot of burial mounds. I know you know about the Serpent Mound in southern Ohio.
0: Sure. I've been there many so times.
1: We also had mounds outside Neoville and Sandusky, Ohio, but they tended to be plowed over, so they they're not they're not famous, they're not known, but they're there. And I remember as kids, it was a road, Perry Road, which is now paved. It wasn't paved at the time. It was like a dirt road. Then it became a gravel road, gotcha. and people would go back there to park. <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> And um and I remember one time I was I was parking with a guy and uh we were in the back seat and and there was a all, we saw this light coming toward us. All of a sudden it broke off into all these lights, like Ooh. like six little orbs of light, and they just and we thought, oh my god, it's a sheriff, they're coming to knock on the windows right. and boom around the car and disappeared. You Ooh. never saw two teenagers get in that, get dressed and get <laughs> out of there so fast and I, I my heart was beat. i said what was it and and, you know we we were real so freaked out about it sure. and embarrassed too there's a lot of shame back then and it's kind of a puritan environment and you right. just oh you don't do that and uh, <laughs> you know any anyone who has a normal child does that absolutely so, <laughs> so uh, uh anyway they it, it's like they they split off and it was like Boom, boom, on each side and, and it, oh, that awesome. was really weird but there's a burial mound up there the other thing that's really intriguing is in that area the indians used to come or the native americans used to come excuse me the native americans used to come and, and in peru township they would gather around a natural spring um which became a well with a pump well so they would gather and they um they would. They did not settle there. They gathered there for a special ceremonies, and um, uh, they, they had these special ceremonies. But they wouldn't live there. And they uncovered. So when the farmers started to settle there in the 1800s, there were actually old news stories about how they found skeletons where the were so big they could wear them as helmets. Oh wow! And when they asked the Native Americans, the Wyandots, the about this, they said. They'll, they were here before we, were. they are not of our kindred and they were from up there hmm. and all those, so they, that NASA plumber station, there were there were farm fields around there where those where a lot of those skeletons were found and all of a sudden it's eminent domain, can't get in there, you know, there's signs all over, um, you know, authorized personnel only. Right deadly use of force whatever. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty um to me that's pretty interesting and that the bodies, yeah and the bodies were found sitting up, and they were they were facing east or west i can't remember which direction but they faced east or west and all the bodies were buried standing up and it was freaking farmers out right. because they didn't want to disrupt this these burial grounds mm-hmm. um, and they because the time in the 1800s you know people were a lot more superstitious than we are today sure. and you know and they thought it would bring bad luck you know upon them So well, i
0: believe that I, mean, I still believe that kind of stuff honestly like, And there's a lot of stories and a lot of experiences of people who experienced paranormal activities in ancient burial grounds that kind of stuff that have been you know disturbed paved over remodeled or whatever and i still strongly believe that if you go do that, that's going to mess with whatever spirit is hanging out there for whatever reason and mm-hmm. could cause activities and probably not good activities and, and a lot of times. And I gotta
1: yeah,
0: say, it's, it's, that uh, makes me scared to live in Ohio a little bit after hearing about the uh <laughs> the heads.
1: No, I think Ohio is you know, it's kind of this heartland of it's I call it the heartbeat of USA. And it's And and when I was growing up, I hated it. I couldn't wait to get out. But we always, as we, yeah, and as we age, I feel like we come full circle. So I actually revisited um, about three years ago, and I went back to the farm, and no one was there. It was very eerie. It was really real. It was just surreal to be there. All of a sudden, this guy pulled up in a pickup. I'm talking the whole family. The whitest hair I've ever seen with the blue sky And very nice. He let me work with the farms and, and they they were pointing things out to me and he'd done a hell of a job remodeling, not me to the house. Um and I remember asking the lady, do you ever go down in the basement? Because I hated to go down in the basement. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but uh they had redone it and it looked it was very light and airy and clean. Nothing like it was when I was a kid. Um, But I looked at the woods. I looked at the field. I took a bunch of photos. And um, the one thing I was disappointed to see was across the street was from our home was a a lone tree, a cornfield. And it was there for years, but it had been cut down. But the reason I bring it up is because another night I was outside with my brother. We were like this, looking up. At the stars in the tree and the grass, and these three vertical beams of light just went ping, ping, ping in the tree, and we just both freaked. And uh, again, we run back to the we run back to uh, the house. We're scared, sure. but we decided to go up. We're we're in next day. So we are tromping over there, and to our great surprise, there are these huge carved on slabs and one was partial, just partially moved and I could get a flat we had to go back to the house get a flight, come back and look down and there were stairs that went underground oh yeah did you go down so, no we couldn't get, you can't you couldn't get it you know like it was only like maybe triangular. Like it's oh big. yeah so, I, we tried to move those concrete blocks as kids. You think you can do all that, all right. right? You know, and we couldn't even budge them. Like, didn't even scrape them a centimeter. So they were just too locked in there. So we asked our stepmother. She said, oh, "You guys, it's just a. I think there was an old house there, and that was the hill cellar. And they just don't want anyone going down there. And I thought that was weird. But the other thing that was weird in the field." Was they started digging up bones, and they've since built houses over that field. But they started digging up bones of there was a little known Civil War battle fought there. Oh wow! And they found bones of of um, soldiers. And and my I remember my stepmom one night we had to have the sheriff come out, and my dad ran with a gun, and she screamed. She was getting ready for bed, and somebody was looking at the window, and he told me later, she said, it wasn't human, and it had red eyes, but oh. it was wearing um, a, a hat, a Union hat, like an Army, Union Army hat.
0: So it's probably a spear and, of, a, of a Union soldier from, from back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. So it's pretty it's, crazy. That is. And and Civil War stuff is is fascinating. I've always, like, I love going to Gettysburg and that kind of stuff. And there's just so much history on our land there. So basically, in my opinion, wherever you build a house or any kind of building, that whole, wherever these battles were held, it's probably going to be haunted in some way. Whether, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if a lot of death there, that's a lot of negative energy, as you mentioned earlier, everything is energy. And, you know, it doesn't go away. You can't destroy energy as far as I can tell. (laughs) So
1: can't you can change it but i right. don't think it can be if i understand the laws of physics correctly you cannot you cannot you can only change energy uh, not destroy it absolutely
0: so, so i would absolutely uh-huh. i would guarantee that's probably uh, a spirit from the civil war and probably if he has red eyes probably not a happy one <laughs> i don't know if
1: yeah Yeah, and I think it's really crazy when when you think about that, uh, you know, that, like you said, the energy. And other people have seen – I just watched a video um, not too long ago. uh, Somebody was driving with their family. Did you see that? I I
0: posted it on my page, yep.
1: They saw the two people. Yeah, that was crazy.
0: It was. It would be hard. I mean, it looked – to me, it didn't look fake. It looked pretty pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of videos like that where you just kind of see them fade in and fade out and – you know, and, and when it's that little, I guess, if that makes sense, that little resolution or whatever, you can kind of tell when it's fake or not. And there's no reason to believe that was docked doc in any way. So that was a very crazy video.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of things that do have mirror that we don't understand that are, you know, to us, paranormal until they're proven otherwise. Right. Um, uh, you know, and I do think that because of frequency energy, energy, we're able to do a lot of things, you know, and I, I do a lot of reading. I love Nikola Tesla. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And I know he died penniless. And I know that, you know, but he, and he, and a lot of people don't know that he once worked for Thomas Edison, right. who was from Milan, Ohio, who was born, which by the way, his home is maybe a mile and a half from that national station.
0: Oh, wow. Milan.
1: Yeah. Well, that can't be a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. So I always wonder, and Tesla plays a a, a part in book two. Uh, in book two of, of uh, this, the Quanta Chronicle is what the this, this series is called. Oh, cool! So, yeah, so um, I, I I look at all that stuff and I I just go, you know, I think Tesla may have been onto something. He may have known more, and he still has papers that have not been declassified. And I know he was working on weaponry for the government, and you know, he had something called the Death Ray, but he <laughs> talked about he talked about a cloaking device that he had figured out a way uh, to use a plasma field, cloak planes, cloak continents, and and I thought that was just really interesting because if you think about being able to cloak something like a military plane that and if it didn't have any sound, how cool would that be? Oh, absolutely! Um, and you couldn't detect it on radar, and then. Take it the other way. What if you were able to create a holographic, you can think of the technology, but reverse near it. And, you can, and holographically, you could create a military base out in the middle of nowhere. And there was nothing. And, and and you're not risking lives if it gets hit, but then you're out of your enemy's technology. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely. That would be, yeah. I never thought of, I've, I've thought of, you know, the cloaking devices but I never thought about it the other way that would be amazing actually <laughs> that would be unreal I don't even know how I mean the fact that Tesla was in that area that's not that can't be a coincidence so like you already mentioned there's there's all kinds of stuff they're doing out there that we just have no clue about
1: um, yeah yeah and that's where I think we go back to what you stated about Ohio I think Ohio is underrated, it's extraordinarily magical in terms of our paranormal activity and the goings ons. and a lot of people, you know, we're we're a very I always say Ohioans are extraordinarily non confrontational people. I would say that I mean, if somebody can tell us anything and we'll go, uh huh, and then we'll look at each other and go, he's. but we won't we just we just don't like the confrontation but but i think that we also are not going to you know we're sensible people um we're hard-working people and i'm talking ohioans generally are hardworking, productive people and we tend to and and we're we're no nonsense in a lot of cases and and i think that a lot of people in ohio they have experienced things and I encourage them to come forward because I think there are a lot of people, especially our old timers up there, who Absolutely. who ha- are holding stories, but they're too afraid of ridicule and stopping because that's you know that's what happens, right? With media, with the with the military, sure. you, you know, if you're onto something, if you're something that could be easily explained, and it has to do with weaponry, yeah, of course you're going to get because, you know, the discredit campaign is the easiest way to shut you down. Sure. And they're going to win. But, you know, they're Goliath and are David. So. Oh, absolutely. It's, you
0: can't really go head-to-head against the government no in any way. Um, but that's absolutely right. Even my dad, um, my dad has a UFO story from a long time ago. And I did a UFO episode like two weeks ago. I was like, Dad, you need to come on and tell your story. He was like, no, no, no. And so I convinced him to. But it was that same kind of mentality where he was just like, well, people don't don't want to hear it, so I'm not going to say it. But no, people should come out and say it, and that's kind of the point of of this show in general is to get all of these people who have stories and kind of put them as puzzle pieces, basically, and put them together. And you know, we have Mm -hmm. all of these different people with different backgrounds and different experiences, and and all of that. Maybe that can kind of paint a bigger picture of what's really happening. You know, what are UFOs? What is the paranormal, and and that kind of stuff? And so, it's absolutely everybody who has any kind of experience at all should come out and talk about it because we all know you're not lying. We all know you're not making it up. Cause what's the point of that? <laughs> you know,
1: oh, do you want to hear my greatest story?
0: Absolutely. I do.
1: <laughs> so I'm an adult now. Well, I don't think I've ever grown up, but I'm an adult. And, and <laughs> fast forward, yeah. so fast forward, um, of quite a few years and I'm now living outside of Cleveland in Sycamore Hills. and, and, you know, and at the time I was very blessed. We had an extraordinarily large home and I, and I don't say that for bragging purposes because I married into it and I it, so it wasn't mine, Fair <laughs> but, enough. but, uh, uh, so, um, I had this, I, I woke up and I looked over, my husband was sleeping and I remember touching him because he was asleep, and I, something had awakened me and we had a door in our bedroom and, the door was, you know, and I sat up in bed, and I, I looked out at the door, summer night, and all of a sudden, I'm inside. Like that, instantaneously. Mm-hmm. I am in the valley, looking up at the house, at, at the my mother-in-law's portion of the house, and then um, there was an awning and patio furniture and stairs that went up, and it was a very wide veranda, and... There were a hill and there were trees on the side, but it, there was a clearing. The kids used to sled down, but I'm in this valley and behind me, I'm in more woods. So I look over and there's a very tall flesh colored type of being and it's almost looks like your typical gray, but he's tall. Oh, wow. And, and that surprised me three digits not five and very long almost like that et finger. oh nice (laughs) and i'm and i look and i said and i wasn't scared but i kind of and i and didn't talk verbally and i and i remember thinking how did you get here and he said he takes his finger and he does like this little equation with these symbols that were like kind of like hieroglyphics, but they weren't Egyptian hieroglyphics. And he basically says, we roll down the slope of a perfect right triangle. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And, and and I remember having this conversation with this being and trying to figure out how he gets here and him talking about we've got it wrong with gravity and, and that it's an electrical universe. Therefore, the energy is in abundance and free. And that something in front of that takes the drag away, uh, of, of the craft and they tilt sideways. They don't fly a disc like this. They actually tilt sideways and and which I was like, that's weird. So he, he kind of, we, we had our conversation and I looked back up at the house and that's when I got scared. It's all of a sudden through the cloud, boom! I mean, right over the house, huge, oh. huge ship, and I just went like. And I looked over it; it was so, it was so intimidating. And I looked over at him, and he, was, he was laughing, but he didn't make a sound, and he had his tears on his throat because he thought it was funny. He he prayed. And, gotcha. and and I and I was back in bed, and, back. and hmm. that was. That was a pretty, and I have never forgotten that I because it, it made such an impact on me. It is it really, absolutely. it really.
0: How, how long ago was that, do you think, if you can remember?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm going to say that was probably about 22 years
0: ago. That, so. I feel like I would be scared if that happened to me. So, so, uh, bravo to you for not being scared.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna come back. But um but yeah it's really um it's really kind of kinda cool. So I'm, I'm gonna do a little bit of a uh it's not really a segue. I'm gonna be a little tangential here sure. because um you know I all that when that event happened it it really got me thinking and then my my son, my second oldest son, I have four kids. So my second oldest son remembers being in that house and he came down the hall and he came looking for me and he went into our bedroom and and it scared him because mommy he said there was a strange person sitting on your bed and and i he's thirty years old today, so I asked him Do you remember that he goes of course I remember it he goes it scared the hell out of me and Man. and he said it wasn't yeah he goes i I don't know what it was or who it was so
0: there's oh, your validation I mean <laughs> if uh
1: yeah so
0: that's awesome well hey i again i really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me today on the show i would love to have you back sometime i know you have a lot more (laughs) stories (laughs) so and uh be sure to check out a ba at www.bacrisp.com check out her book red bird (laughs) (laughs) and that's all available on amazon.com and is is it available anywhere else or just amazon it
1: is it's available at um um uh, Dymox, which is in Australia, it's available at Barnes and Noble. Awesome. It's available at Blackwells in the UK. Um, that's uh,
0: Worldwide, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And be sure to check out. B-A- we also have uh, Facebook at BA Crisp Author and Twitter at BA Crisp Crisp Writes. Does that all sound correct?
1: Yes. All yes. Right. So if anyone's got questions, you know, send me a send me a Twitter question, email me, whatever. Or get in touch with me through the website, and I hope you read the book.
0: Oh, awesome! <laughs> cool. Well, again, thank you very much. I had a I had a great time, and it's always fun and awesome to talk to other people from Ohio because honestly, a lot I don't talk to a lot of people in this paranormal field from Ohio, so it's always cool to kind of go home. They're, I guess
1: they're in hiding, but they're
0: there. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> they absolutely. Have and we're gonna find them. We're gonna find more. That's the goal.
1: Yeah. Bravo. All bravo. right. Well, thank you All very right much, then, and have a great you. day. Awesome. You too. Bye.
0: All right, guys, that was, again, uh, B.A. Crisp book, Redbird, available on Amazon.com. And also, again, I I know we've mentioned it several times, but she's an awesome human being. Follow her on Facebook at Facebook.com slash B.A. Crisp author. Again, follow her on Twitter at Twitter.com slash B.A. Crisp writes. And be sure to check her out at her website, www.bacrisp.com. I hope to talk to her again real soon. That was an awesome interview. I really liked, really loved talking to her, actually. So that's going to go ahead and wrap up uh, this episode of Paranormal Activities. I hope you all enjoyed it. Again, be sure to check us out on everythingentertainment.com, all of your favorite pl- podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out all of the other amazing podcasts over at alleverythingentertainment.com, including The De Boardroom, every Tuesday at 8 p.m., including, I mean, there's so many now, there's uh, Game Winning Drive, there is in Your Ground, which we have to make fun of, but it's still fun. I mean, there's so many, I can't even name them all now, but go to the website, check them out. We have video packages that show you guys everything, and it's a pretty phenomenal place to be. I'm very fortunate to be a part of it, and I'm very fortunate to have the show with you amazing, amazing listeners. I'm very excited to keep going with this. I'm very excited for this super busy, super jam-packed October, but I'm hoping to deliver you guys some entertaining, entertaining, I should say, shows so again, uh, I appreciate all of you. Keep checking me out. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Go to all of the wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, subscribe, follow me on Twitter, Facebook. I'm on. I don't even know now. Instagram. Instagram now at paranormal underscore store underscore activities. I'm not drunk. I promise. Um, yeah, but my I've realized my social media game isn't that strong these days. I just don't care. I have a hard time. It's not that I don't cast. Not true at all. I just like. I don't know. I'm just like busy, I guess. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I gotta get on there. I don't know. I just I don't know if I'm getting old. I am 33 now. So maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. I need to get my social media game on point. But anyways, hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. So again, I love the interview today. And I just can't keep I can't wait to keep learning with you guys together.